Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. My guest today is the host of the podcast, West Virginia Commonplace, Mr. J.R. Sparrow. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing today, sir? I'm glad to be on your platform. Um, I like to always say this when I talk to somebody that actually inspires me. Um, a young man by the name of uh, Uncle Dolomite turned me onto your podcast. He's like, this cat is doing something similar to what you're doing, but just on a different level. And I was like, let me listen to this. So I listened a few times and I was like, yeah, this dude is doing something different. I said, this might be my competition. I might have to put him to the side one day. <laughs> and, and, and then um, by chance, I got to talking to somebody and um, they got me to listen to your podcast the second time. I was like, this dude is really doing something good. And then I was like, this man and uh, Jeremy from Unplug- uh, Life Unplugged, all three of us got something similar going on, different demographics different topics to a degree, but that Q&A deal, we all got, you got a smooth delivery in what you do, so does he. Hey, I appreciate it. it it's, it's funny because we, we kind of, we run in the same podcast circles, but ironically, I did, I had no idea your podcast existed until I saw you on a live with uh, Ringo. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes things happen like that because the uh, thing in this business is that... Uh, where you, people are similar, they tend to keep us in a fence away from each other, not on no disrespect or hatefulness or anything like that. It's kind of like we don't always get exposed to everybody because the podcast community has hard demographics. Like you have a set, set, certain set of people you hit. I have a certain group that I hit. And like Jeremy, he had a certain set that he hit. And um, for me, Podcastagram um, on the internet, he opened me, made me broader to more podcasts, you know, other than what I do. Let me ask you, since you know we both do the same thing, is it easier to be on on the quest on the question side or the person you answering the questions or or asking them? Um, to me, is is easier to be the, the uh, interviewer. The interviewee is harder because I don't find myself to be very interesting. Like, I mean, I got things that I do, but I, I'm one of those guys. Like, I go deep into questions. Like, I can I'm trying to pick pick apart what you're doing in life and ask you some thought-provoking questions and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's harder to be an interviewer, interviewee than an interviewer. I'm, so I'm going to be, I'm surprised because you you do a lot of, you said you do a lot of scripting of your show. So to me, with this, with this format where you just get to listen to the questions and talk, I thought it would be easier. Um, I see... I don't know, because see, the thing about my show being scripted, and it has to be understood like this, when it's um, scripted, the thing is, is that um, I go in and say, like me, you're going to do a show, and I tell you the theme of the show is called the Holy Grail episode. Well, Holy Grail episode is going to have three people that have the same content and reach people the same way, but in a different format. And I'm going to lay out some points like, hey, for example, you, you, for instance, you talk to Quincy Carter, so you got a certain, um, you know, ability to get certain guests on your show and you target them with hard-hitting questions because you made me learn stuff about Quincy Carter. I didn't know. I just thought he was a flop out of the NFL because I remember him running with Woodrow Danzler and all these other quarterbacks that were premier and even look at Drew Brees was even from his same camp. Like, like how you do, how you did that? If I were doing that, I'd have, I'd have to script at least... 30 questions, and out of 30 questions, I might only ask 15. But I'm going to have it coordinated to where once I hear the flow of the conversation, 
which questions go better, what questions do not go. So I'd say that when when you say it's, when I say it's scripted, it's a more preparedness than the most. Mm. So I don't. <laughs> this is I, I feel weird saying this, but I, I don't like I don't like scripting at all. Like it kind of throws me off, really. Um, I liked it because like one thing I noticed when I'm when I do the questions is like it kind of feels robotic. So it's like, I like to just free flow. Like I know what I want to talk about, but it's just something about writing those questions down and kind of like following that, that order. It kind of throws me off. Well, well, like I said before, what I do is, is it is scripted, but you take it and you make it organic. So if I start talking to you and we go into talks about the university of Maryland, and then we start talking about the university of Virginia or a real rivalry, like, you know, when it was Maryland versus Virginia tech and stuff, um at different points or just UVA in Maryland ACC football that's a better example UVA in Maryland um I'm gonna know certain points about the coaches and different things like that to add in there but I'm gonna still let the conversation go kind of freely the reason that I keep it kind of scripted to a degree is because when I first started out I was going off the dome and I had everything going like all wild and then it came a point that um my situation in podcast changed from me doing the shows for free to me making money with the shows. You, you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, so basically you saying like for financial reasons, you scripted? Um, yeah, for financial reasons, no doubt I'm scripted because my <laughs> show follows a, a certain format and my people know when they listen, you're going to hear a different variety, but you know, you're going to get questions. Then you're going to get the 2020 segment. That's part of uh, what I do. And um, then after that, it's going to go from there to like, I'll do different things in the show, but you're going to know that it has a set, set in certain order. You're going to know that I got certain catchphrases you're going to hear. Not every single show is going to get the same catchphrases, but you know, i got like 60 of them. Like you pull a string on somebody's back, you know, I got 60 catchphrases and you're going to hear some of them like uh, uh, going hard in the paint, like Yao Ming or staying on point, like uh, Steve Nash, stuff like that. You're going to hear those things and you're going to know those things and know that that's my brand. How long does it take you to actually script it out? Um, in all honesty, the planning stages for a guest takes usually three to four weeks. Um, however, the guest comes, if it's uh, through a, a PR firm, or if I actually go out to look for someone as a guest, um, I do my research on them. And I, before I even talk to you, I got questions before you even accept a yes or no. So you, oh, so you, you so how do you go about getting, so you, 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 um, you find your guests, will you send them like messages? What do you do? Yeah, I send them some messages and then I have some guests that um, I have a PR firm that sends me guests like they'll, 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 they know what type of people I'm looking for. So they'll send them my way and it's just a yes or no to if I want to interview them or, you know, we think that they're going to work out uh, with, with the people that listen to the podcast. That, do you pay for this PR or they pay you? They pay me. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. It, it, so... Okay, that, that, you know what? Because this is something that I've kind of um, struggled with, and maybe you can answer this. Does money change your passion for podcasting? Um, no, not at all. The only thing that it changed was me staying in front of the microphone and not getting behind it way more. That's the only thing that changed because once I took enough rejection and got to a point where I started making money, it kind of made me like, man, I'm better, behind, more better behind the scenes um than I am in front of the mic a lot 
would you pay for a gas? Um, to be honest with you, no, I will. I wouldn't pay for a gas. Like if a celebrity wanted to come on my show, they going to do it for charity, you know, or whatever. Cause, cause, cause here's, here's my thing. Like when it, when it comes to podcasting, this is one thing that is always failed everyone. And when they bring on a paid guest, you still got to market them. Their PR firm or their marketing firm is not going to market that person. So I got to send the virtual assistant over to make the little uh, ads that I do and all the extra stuff I do. I got to send them over to do that. So if I got to do that, I'm not paying for a guest because basically I'm building them. Um, they're taking their platform, building it up in my advertisements, putting it on Instagram or all other 12 social medias that I do. So nah, I would never pay for a guest. They really, all guests should really pay for the, pay the podcaster to a degree because you're the one that's going to market it and do all the extra stuff. Now, some podcasts don't do that. They just, it's just raw flesh throughout the podcast. No advertisement. We're good. But over in our camp, you're going to get the full treatment like you're going to do a show on BET or something. I'm going to light your life up like a disco ball. <laughs> so I'm a, so one of the reasons, um, one of the reasons I really, not really, I wouldn't, I won't pay for a guest, but because for, for me, it takes away the conversation being genuine. Like for me, um, I like, I feel like once money gets involved, my attitude changed, their attitude changed. And I, I just wanted to be like, you know, I wanted to be us talking like, you know, we, we're just somewhere talking like two people. And, you know, once money, once the money gets introduced, I feel like that just changed the expectations of it. And I can wholeheartedly agree with that to a certain degree, but I'm going to say it like this. And me and you both are firm in, in different businesses. Um, business professionals have to have two certain levels to them. You have to have a monetary sense, and then you got to have your normal sense. A monetary sense, if you're a businessman, should not change your normal sense. If someone pays me, to do it, have them on the show, I'm going to treat them the same way I do if I'm going to get somebody that I'm a fan favorite of. Like it was a, a movie I like or a TV show called South Beach Toad. Um, Dave from that show, Dave Cosgrove was a, is a pretty good friend of mine and I like what he does. I didn't pay him to be a guest on my show. He had a movie coming out. I was like, man, I'll give you some publicity real quick. I'm not saying his numbers were low, but uh, at the end of the day, I did that show with him. And then later on, uh, you know, not to, to tell any business, but they came back later for some more information, this, this, and that. And I got handed a piece of change. And when it went to a business sense of doing things, nothing ever, you know, change, changes with me in that because if you're a business person, you know how to keep a certain professionalism and still be organic and friendly with it. I don't let the money change me. And with the guests, I try to get them not to change or, or have a weird attitude if they're paying to be on my show or whatever. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, like I said, it's not if I if my plat if my platform called for um because it, it it depends on what I'm trying to accomplish. Like if like if we're if we're trying to market you, yeah, I want to get paid. Um, but I don't I think I should have been clear, like I don't want to pay for the guests. Like right, yeah, no paying. Hey, no. If you pay me, I mean <laughs> that's cool. Like I, I have no issues with you paying me, but I just don't want to pay because it just for me, don't once I the once I send you some money, it 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 my I've I've lost the genuine feeling I had sitting down recording it. I feel you. <laughs>
that's just me. But but I've 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 know I know of people that pay for gas, and I I'm not knocking it. I'm I'm not knocking it at all. It's just it's just not something I'm interested in doing. It's like if I want to, if you know, if you want to have a podcast with me, great. If you don't, I understand because it's like let's use celebrities. Um, if you're a cele- like a celebrity with money, chances are if you if you're a celebrity and you have money, you really don't need my money. Like the what I'm gonna pay you, you really wouldn't need it. So it's like, well, what are we, what am I paying for? Like you just paying, I'm just paying just to take away from myself. And it's like, nah, I don't wanna do that. Like I can't afford to pay you the amount that would actually make it worth your time. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I feel you on that. And that was like it, it, uh, sorry to interrupt you real quick, but it was like this one thing. It was a professional wrestler from West Virginia I wanted to have on the show. And I was like, man, it would just be kind of like me showing him love and him showing me love because, you know, I'm one of the top five podcasts in West Virginia. And, like, I figured it would help re- resurrect his wrestling career because he won't do it too well. And he tried to hit me, like, to pay him, like, $100 for the, for a 30-minute spot. And I was like, bro, you're not WWE famous, bro, no more. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to pa- I'm gonna have to pass on you. And no disrespect, but all my other podcasters that's around in the tri-states, I'm going to just t- let them know, man, don't don't have you on the show because you charge $100 for nothing. What you going to bring to, like you said, what you bring to the table? To me, like I said, paying for that guest, and they're not going to do no promotion. Because you, you, me and you both know it's all on us to do the promotion. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Let's get into that because I, I'll say um, I've only known, I've only been following you for a couple of weeks, but I, um, I've noticed that you, you do an excellent job with marketing and promoting your podcast. Um, how, how long did it take you to, to like really master that aspect of it? All right. I'll tell you, it, it took me like 15 days. Um, I was working with these young ladies. They was, uh, they, they show was, before mine of two 18 year old girls they showed me how to use canva because i'm old school i was using microsoft paint to do my ads <laughs> these young, young ladies taught me how to do um canva really well like how to fade pictures in fade pictures out so i learned how to do that and as long as like say like if you sent me an image and you gave me a title i can make you five different things in less than 30 minutes wow. and, and and you know so like i learned that aspect and then coming from the job that i do um, with the recruiting that I have to do and with the marketing we have to do on, on, on the stuff that we remodel and stuff, I learned that when you repeat an image, you get three times with people. And this is, this is um, promotion 101. You, you get three times with people. The first time is a quick impression. The sec- second one is usually the last thing. And the third one is if they keep you or they dismiss you. So say like me and you do an episode, right? And I promoted prior to us doing the episode. Like I actually did do that twice for this. Um, There's an Instagram story out right now that has your name on it with my little microphone in the train and stuff. So doing that, that's going to put some heat to the street. People's going to be expecting this because it's a rarity to get me on somebody's podcast. Because I don't, like I said, I don't only do 10 a year. So that right there, that's a little factor there. And then you, with what you bring to the table, that's a factor there. And I know that every time I link your podcast to my podcast, that's going to push stuff up. That's going to get engagements going. Not necessarily always on your end, but on my end it will. Because you're kind of giving them certain access to stuff that they normally don't have access to. So that that's what I try to do in my promotion. I try to give 
the audience, not the podcasters that follow me, but the actual listeners and fans, certain access to me, like I do the, the TikTok channel, not to be shucking and jiving and dancing and acting silly, but I give you behind the scenes stuff. Like if um, I had everything set up and we was doing like a video or we was doing on my platform, I would get your permission and I would record us in the background or have Stacy run the camera in the background and me and you recording so they can see that we're behind the scenes and doing this, doing that right now. Mm. Do you record in person any episodes? Um, yes, I have. Um, that's what I primarily, you know, once this COVID stuff gets down again, um, that's why they call me the traveling podcaster because I keep three, uh, three Yeti mics with me and, a a, a piece that hooks into my MacBook, and I make an aggregated device. So I can run three microphones with three Yetis. You can have nine people on those each, each Yeti. You can put two on it with our headphones and we can have a group discussion or I could do just three people like that with a portable studio with no interface or nothing. Just a little laptop and the little dongle to hook them up. Do you prefer? Do you prefer to record in person as opposed to um, Zoom or whatever format you use? Um, before I used to like to uh, record in person, but now because I've um, I'm one of those people that gets real technical with things. Since I learned how to like handle this and and, and take it over to GarageBand and edit it and stuff. Um, it's kind of taking away the aspect of doing it in person because it's hard to get people to do stuff in person right now because of COVID. So I will say I did like it more in person, but now I'm getting used to Zoom, StreamYard, and all those other things. So it kind of works out better this way because you can get people at certain times that you normally could, couldn't in real life. Yeah. But do you feel like you sacrifice chemistry when you do it online? Um. No, because let me tell you this, the greatest intimacy you build is generally when you're doing these shows, you uh you have a pre-call with them. They get to see what you look like first. Some people like to keep the video because I do keep video for my show for the like 30 seconds for like a documentary that I'm doing about how to be a podcaster, how to get certain guests. But a lot of times I'll just run the video because I'm saving it on a computer anyway. It ain't going to the cloud. So uh we see each other. So it, we are interacting. Um so I, I, that's what I do with the video because if I don't do the video, sometimes if I don't see what you look like at some point, it's kind of just like, <laughs> what's this dude doing? Is he hanging upside down in his house right now? Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's I, so <laughs> one of the one of the reasons I so w- one of the reasons I prefer not to use the video, and some people are. Um, they may be like concerned about what they look like, how they appear on camera, what's in the background. And so to alleviate all that, a lot of times I say, hey, just turn the camera off. We're not using the video. And what I, what I've noticed is without the video, I've I've been able to establish a better rapport. Now, I do like the camera on, in the, like you said, in the initial part when we just, you know, like breaking the ice, getting to know each other. I mean, if I don't know them, if I know them, we still had a camera on initially, but we turn it off because, like you said, I like to build that rapport and then we'll turn it off. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with that. Like, like the way you did it, that's smooth. And, and like I say, one thing in podcasting is that everybody has a different mode and mean to what they do and it works out for them. No one person is just, you know, writing what they're doing. You know, I want to, I want to double back to something you said. Um, I've heard you say this before and I find it very interesting. You say you only do 10 appearances per year. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Why is that? 
party. Um, it, it falls back on this, and this is crazy. Like, I don't find me very interesting as a guest on anybody's show because I don't have that much to talk about. All I got is this podcast knowledge and some some other stories of some things that happened to me. But I do ten appearances because the platforms I pick very carefully. A lot of people get no before they ever gonna get a yes from me. Um, for the simple, for, well, for the simple fact that there's oversaturation. Like my favorite podcaster, um, I wanted her on my show. She told me no, and she told me why. She's like, I do your show. It's gonna mess up the mystique of the relationship we got going on. Like you know, nothing dirty or nothing. Just how we right, do right, things. Right, right, right. And when she told me that, she was like, Think about this. If you do ten appearances a year, that means every two months you're doing a show. And if you're doing a show every two months, your face is still fresh somewhere. You're with a different crowd. And while you're promoting your stuff, in those 10 episodes, the people that, that's doing the show with you, you can promote them better than they can promote themselves because you are promoting a juggernaut. And I was like, that sounds good. So I stuck with that because I do your show. You give me the um, promo or the ad that you want ran. I'm going to run it longer than you. I'm going to run it 90 days to six weeks. You said oversaturation. What, 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 what would you consider oversaturation? Here's an oversaturation. Um, not naming any podcasters, but there's some podcasters. Some people build their show on collaboration, which that's fine. I have a series for that called Podcast Collide, where I do that with up and coming shows or just different shows that I normally wouldn't do a show with. Um, but there's some people that that just they're like Fat Joe. If you ever pay attention to Fat Joe or French Montana as rappers, they gotta have a whole squad of people around them to produce a show. If they don't have, <laughs> if they don't have, if they don't have. If they don't have a lot of people around them, they can't do nothing. When you look at Fat Jay's playlist, it, like when he did one up against Ja Rule, or you look at French Montana, French Montana has posse cuts. It ain't never a time he's alone or just one-on-one. Hmm. So, okay, um, let me spin this. With that aspect, me and you, we do interviews. So would that apply to us? What, like cameo appearances? No, um, no, I, I, I hear what you're I, saying because our podcast relies on our guests. So could we, could someone say, well, how do we know you can you can actually do a podcast by yourself? Well, to answer that question exactly, I have different series inside my podcast. Like I got the love series where you hear like the story about what happened to Michelle. You hear about different personal things in my life to build intimacy with my audience. I take the time to separate myself from my questions, from the podcast collide, from the behind the scenes series, every other series I got going on. And I give you that intimate time to know a little bit more about JR and to show you that I can carry a show. And yeah, them shows are usually somewhere between eight to 15 minutes. But you don't want to hear someone just by themselves talking for forty five minutes unless they're Uncle Dolomite. So, <laughs> so, so you know, I'm not going. I'm not going to hurt nobody with that. So, I do believe that at some point you do have to step outside because you, as a podcaster, if you do nothing but question and answer the whole time, the audience never knows who you are. They don't have a level of intimacy with you. They don't have a certain access to you that they feel they should. They just listen to your shows because you're good at questions. And I didn't want to have that feeling at the end of the day. So. That's where I separated myself. I will do solo shows. Like this coming up season, you're gonna get like five solo shows. They're gonna only be like eight or ten minutes long. But it's me outside that question and answer stuff that we do. Do you script those shows? Um nah. They come off as simple topics. I was talking about uh I'm 36 years old. I one of the shows I talked about Street Fighter 2, what it meant to me as a kid <laughs> growing up. <laughs> 
that's an interesting one. Who, what character was you using? Um, I was using Ryu. That was my dude. Yeah, man. I'm and saying. then, yeah, and then listen, uh, oh boy, Barlog the boxer. I used him later on. So you put the whole wow. That's pretty interesting. A, a podcast about Street Fight. I'm gonna have to listen to that. Yeah, when it comes, it'll it ain't out yet, but it'll be out soon. Oh, it's but, not out yet. No, nah, it ain't out yet. And then um, it was another video game. I just used some video games, and then it was a movie. Now I did that with somebody else. But anyway, like, I'll give you another example. I've been trying to get somebody to do a podcast with me about Meteor Man, the movie with Robert Townsend, because to me, Robert Townsend is one of the most underrated actors in the business. Wow. Underrated actors or directors? Actors. Director, he's accomplished. You're not going to disrespect him on that, but as an actor, people disrespect him. See, I don't... Damn, that's a wow. That's interesting because I'm. Let me see. I'm so <laughs> I've never watched Media Man. Um, five Heartbeats. Okay. What, what other movie? I don't um, really know, bro. I'm gonna be honest. It just Media so Man. That's why. That's why. That's why. <laughs> so that's why. Are we what talking the- about director or actor? Because actor. Eh, I'm a little shaky when the actor, director. Yeah, he's 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 accomplished as a director. No. Yeah, as a director, like I said, he's accomplished, but as an actor, he's underrated. Um, take some time in your lifetime while you're on break this time. You can find Meteor Man somewhere, or if you can't, just hit me on a hush hush and I'll send you a copy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is you watch Meteor Man, you'll see a different side. You're like, everybody was in this movie. Eddie Griffin, Bill Cosby, James Earl Jones. Everybody in their mama was in that movie. And Luther Vandross. I might, I might, I might get really bored one day. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. There's gotta be one of the things where you, unless you're one of them film buffs like me, you just it's something that anybody that ain't seen it during Black History Month, I play it. It's one of my Black History Month movie playlist things that we do with sometimes cinema. I, I now I tell you um one episode that you did. The solo. Um, you talked about your wife. Um, you, you know your your the passion of your wife. Um, very emotional episode, and I really was surprised that she was actually able to record that one. So, what was the process like recording that one? Man, I'm gonna tell you that was the hardest thing in my life to do. Man, like it was harder than burying her because it was like she died in um, July July 23rd of 2019. And like, you know, you don't, you, you're married. So, you know, like the life you plan with somebody, sometimes you plan life two weeks ahead of time. Sometimes you only plan life a few days. Mm-hmm. We, we plan one of them lives on a six month scale, what we was going to be doing. We was going to be tearing up Cincinnati. We was going back to Ocean City. We was going to go to Delaware, do all kinds of stuff. And we was going to reboot the podcast. And uh, her having that gastric bypass surgery, um, it was an honest accident. Uh, her, she got septic from it and she just died. You know, some, it just happens, but like the process was really crazy. It was kind of one of these things where I had to wait till her birthday. Cause the show originally came out earlier and I re-released it because a lot of people was like, it's too far down in my catalog. I don't like to scroll down. So my older audience was like, well, you released this set of episodes. So one day I took six episodes that were meaningful to me and I just put them back out there. And that was one of them. And then that show actually now is my biggest, it's my most downloaded podcast of all time. 
um, because listeners like you and other people that didn't hear it, can you hear that side of me? That's kind of crazy. But the process was like this. I had to sit down and I had to figure out how to get rid of the grief. And that was the only way to do it was to put it out there and be respectful to her and let people know that there was just a, there's a different side of me than just what you hear on, on the, the, the radio or whatever you listen in on. And then you actually did a follow-up um, video like you, you know, you told your listeners, thank you. You informed them that it was your most uh, listened to, listened to downloaded episode. Now, during that portion of it, you actually did break down and got emotional. Um, did you have any reservations about putting that video out? Or um, It was more or less like this. I hadn't celebrated with her the success. And meanwhile, I was on my way to a job. And um, from where I live to where she's buried is an hour and 30 minutes. So it was midway on my trip. And I just went up there and I was on some, I'm, I need to celebrate this with her, but I want to let people know. And I didn't know I was going to break down, but I, it just, it got to me. Um, I wanted to people to know like that that was something that was real. Like, I don't want someone to think that I made up a fake story or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you because because of your situation? Um, because you you all what were married like one year, right? If it was yes. a year, yes. Um, because everything happened so fast, does that scare you about getting remarried again? Does it make it harder for you to get remarried? It does make it hard. Like, um, I had met somebody wonderful. Um, and let me say this for record, I met Michelle in between when I I met Stacy. And I and I dated Stacy before Michelle, and then I went off, and me and Michelle clicked and got married, blah blah blah. So Stacy was someone I knew prior, had a little history with Michelle. And this is something, this is juicy stuff. This is the gem in this episode. Michelle had certain things that she told me before she passed away. She knew that I was happy with her. She knew that I could be happy with Stacy. So she told me if anything happened to her, to to keep myself sane. Uh, she said, you don't have to date, you don't have to marry, you don't have to live your life with Stacy, but let Stacy help you through what you go through. And obviously she passed away, so some time went on, and Stacy came into the picture again, and we have a, a great relationship. But at this moment in life, it, with, with a death that quick like that, like, it's kind of hard, and it made me have an icebox like a Marion, you know? So it, it's hard Cause like, you know, it's, it's only been since 2019. That ain't been a long time to, I mean, everybody has time for grief, but I'm one of them people. I probably really honestly, and this is mental health wise, probably didn't deal with all the grief like I should have, mm -hmm. but I had somebody there that was holding me. Like I got dependent on somebody and Stacy was very, is very hard to the ground on things. She was able to help me and told me it's all right to break down. It's all right to do this and that. You suffered a loss that you did not expect. Nobody expects a loss, but you know, well, if it's someone that has a little bit of age on them and you know that they're going to, you know, it's getting to a point, you expect that kind of death, but somebody that hadn't even cracked 30 yet. Wow. Yeah. Does this, does this, does this situation make you extremely cautious about looking forward? Because you, you said yourself, like you, you two were playing your life like months ahead, up to six months ahead. And then unfortunately that happened. So does that make you cautious about looking that far ahead? Um, no, not at all, because the, the crazy thing is, is that the dreams and aspirations that I had with her, 
because everything was playing a certain way, the things that I was supposed to do with her in, in the latter six months of that, Stacy was able to do with them. Like, cause we professional wrestling fans. So there was a big uh, pay-per-view with the AEW in, in Baltimore, for instance. Stacy was able to go do that with me when it came time for me to go to Cincinnati or go here or there or go to Virginia Beach, whatever I needed to do. Everything that I still had planned, I was able to do, but it just was not with Michelle in her physical form. Mm. So, so and, and I know that sounds kind of weird, but it, it it made me cautious to the degree to not playing that far. I kind of wing life now. Like, that's why I don't even schedule like these interviews, like how we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. I would have told you, just hit me up one day when you get off from work and we could have done this show anytime. Um, so I, 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 I wish yeah. you had told me that prior. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 didn't, you, know, you don't have to be, everybody thinks I'm structured, but I'm like, nah, I kick back, man. You can do a show with me at 11 o'clock in the afternoon if I'm not working. Um, just after nine o'clock at night, it's a different story. I got to be careful because um, of the misses and TV shows. Grey's Anatomy on Thursday nights, I can't do nothing. Yeah, I, I saw you. <laughs> I, when I saw that text, man, I died laughing. I was like, Grey's Anatomy? Like, do he, you, is that one of the shows you watch? No, nah, that's what I'm forced to do. Like, you know, we make sacrifices to do certain things. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like uh, everything's all cool. I got a hundred plus game Nintendo Switch collection, but I got to make sure I watch them Thursday night shows or at least be in the room. Man, man. I, look, same here. I think, um, like, it, that's because ironically, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because podcasting, I'll admit, takes a lot of time. Um, like, sometimes I have to have this, like, my wife has to remind me of the time that I've spent on podcasting because like, I, I genuinely love it. I like, it's one of the things I'm really passionate about is when you're passionate about something, you, you can lose track of time. Like if I could, I would do it every day if I could, but right now I can't, eventually I will be able to, but at this moment I can't. Yeah, I understand what you're coming from. And it's like, you got to make a certain sacrifice. Like, it's some podcasters, I wonder how they, if they have a relationship or they, or they must be single, because there's some people that I can hit up just in a spur of the moment. Because, like, when you get familiar with me, I just hit your podcast up and I'm like, it's almost time. Because when we're recording, I just storyboard an episode for you and I'm going to run it by you, see if you like it. If you don't like that one, I'm going to shop you the next one. Just like we're going to do a TV show or a pilot show for CBS, uh, Fox, or NBC. And, you know, some of them is fun. Uh, I did one with a guy named Ken Fluence. Ken, we talked about projectors because I'm a, a projector enthusiast, uh, you know, putting home theaters and different stuff together like that. And I pitched the idea to him because I knew he had a story with it. We did it. And we literally didn't plan the show or nothing. Just got on there. I gave an idea. And that's what I mean about scripted. Sometimes I give you an idea and we just run with it. Yeah. I. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned him. He's the one person that, I can't seem to nail down. Like we agreed that we was going to record together and I'm just moving back from the West coast. So um, he's on, he's on the West coast. So we got this time difference going Um, just me transitioning back to the East coast. So I haven't really had an opportunity to get him on a podcast, but he's somebody that I'm really eager to get with. Yeah, now he's one that you got to catch at like nine o'clock at night and I got to pay the price if I do that. 
I'm gonna lose another night <laughs> staying up. So, so that's one thing I gotta be careful about. And 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 I'm not saying this in any real way, people. I'm just being realistic. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm this suave player or nothing. Nah, I gotta pay them dues. If I do the episode with you on Tuesday night at ten o'clock, man, I'm watching some kind of show that I don't even want to be watching on Wednesday, or I'm just sitting yeah. in the room. It's just the purpose of me not be not doing anything with podcasting. I could be making the ads, but she don't want me watching no lives or nothing. She said, "Keep your ass off that stuff." Yeah, you, if, yeah, I, I'm. That's something that I'm. I'm going to have to work on. Like um, Tuesdays have been a good day for me to record. Um, I that that's that seems to be the one good day is Tuesdays. Any other day is kind of like, eh. and then like you know, like we mentioned earlier, we both huge sports fans. So, you know, I sacrifice. Well, not I. My wife sacrifices Sundays for me to watch NFL. So, and then you know, with with us working during the week, you know, all of us working. Not you know, some of us working nine, ten hours, and then you got to factor in commuting. So it's not really a lot of time you get to spend with your family during the week, and then you throw on a podcast. That's you know, that could that's an hour that you're not giving your family. So. It's a it's a tough sale. It's a tough balance. Yeah, no doubt in that. And the, and the one thing that gets me, like, with some people, um, I I don't turn away anybody, but I I got this little trick, and I'm gonna teach everybody this. This is podcast one on one. Uh, that little calendar link that you can put in there. I put that in there, right? I only give one hour a week if someone actually goes for that, and it's Monday at eight o'clock because I don't have nothing. I don't do no Monday night football, nothing crazy like that, or anything on Mondays anymore. No wrestling or nothing. So Monday at eight o'clock till nine, I give that away to anybody. And the reason I do that is so someone cannot say that I don't make time for nobody. But you got to look on that little link, and at one hour a week, if someone gets it, I'm doing a show. That's my obligation right there. You said you don't. You said you don't watch football or wrestling on Mondays. Yeah, I don't do nothing on Mondays. That was the biggest days for both. Well, not for football, but that's the biggest day for pro wrestling. Now, biggest night on wrestling is Wednesday night. Wednesdays? Yeah, Wednesday nights. Oh, you so you're an AEW fan? Yes, sir. Ah, okay. So you don't you don't watch WWE anymore? Um, Stacy likes it, so I'll I'll watch it on Hulu, but I can't give them a, a Nielsen rating. I, I ain't gonna do that no more. So I mean, we, I'm getting ready to close, but that's that's something interesting to close on. Why why do you why why have you lost interest in WWE? Uh, I lost interest in WWE because in the business that I work in, we don't have 1099 or nothing like that. We have benefits. We have a way. Like when I decide I want to retire at 42, I can leave work, and I've worked a long enough time to have benefits and stuff like that. The WWE does not provide these people with benefits they will help them through a few drug problems but a lot of wrestlers end up homeless and or working high school gym wrestling on saturday nights at the armory and stuff after they wwe or their wwe careers are done they don't take care of the man or the woman after their their biggest prime career is over with mm. you talking about i'm assuming you're talking about like the middle to lower tier correct no, I'm talking about the top tier too. Like, I'll give you a great example. Like, it was this guy named Braun Strowman, right? Oh, I know Braun. So I'm a, I'm a fan. So, so 
I know what you're I know you're talking about. All right, all right. So look, I'll give you an example. Them 72 wrestlers that was released last uh, from last year till now, them 72 wrestlers. There were some wrestlers in there that were some gems. EC3 was a gem. Um, I ain't gonna say uh the rest of them TNA guys that got released that were, that came over were not gems, but it's a lot of them people that lost their jobs and haven't been able to come back afloat. Look at the the Mike Bennett and uh and his wife Maria Bennett. They having children and stuff in WWE, just hold on to them for a little while, then releasing them. Mike Bennett was a talent in Ring of Honor and other places. But anyway, that's a wrestling podcast we can do one year. Anyway, so, enough. Go I, ahead. Okay, so I'm like. Okay, I don't. So, you're a huge fan. I'm a, I'm, I'm not a casual, but I'm like one step above casual. So I know Braun Strowman. So let's let's use Braun Strowman. Um, I would say he's top tier. We 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 both would say that, right? Top tier. Right. Braun Strowman probably made millions of dollars. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, he made he made a million dollars. He still got little toys in the store. I still see him at Walmart. So that's what I'm saying. So, um, because they because they are independent contractors, but he's he. I'm sure he's a millionaire. So, can you really say they didn't take care of him or? Because uh, when they let him go, they just let him go. That's a that's a premium world champion. You don't let your world champions go. You let your intercontinental U.S. champions go. Yeah, he, he, he can go somewhere. He can go somewhere. And, and and start over, baby. I mean, he can go to AEW. I I think he could, like right now, right? Nah. No. Nah. He can only perform one way. He can only perform the WWE way. He he ain't a, he ain't a, a, re, a professional wrestling performer. He's a uh, what do you call it? A sports entertainment performer. Shit, what's the difference? Because now I need to know. <laughs> And we get deep into this. Let me just say this real quick. Uh, you know who Adam Cole is, right? The the um the slim guy. Yeah, all right. Adam Cole's a wrestler. Daniel Bryan's a wrestler. Roman Reigns is a wrestler now because you know you see him doing all kinds of stuff. He does suicide dives. He even does drop kick. He does everything now. Braun Strowman was given certain spot moves like a Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, I don't consider a wrestler. Ric Flair, I consider a wrestler. Bret Hart, I consider a wrestler. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. More like the, the technicians, basically. Yeah, basically. And Braun Strowman. Yeah, okay. I got you. Because how many matches are different from Braun Strowman? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. You're right. We would have went deep down the weasel. Now that's another. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole another. I'm not. That'll be a live one night. Whenever you want to do a live. <laughs> well, look, we, we you got you. Look, you gonna have to. We gonna have to. Um, we gonna have to set that up one day. Cause, I, man, I'm. I'm like I said. I'm a casual. Like I've been. I've been to WrestleMania. I did do that. I went to. Um, which one was that? Uh, 29, the one in New York. Okay. So I have been to WrestleMania. Um, I don't, like I said, I'll watch. I never miss WrestleMania. Um, SummerSlam hit or miss. Uh, I would have watched Survivor Series because of, because of the Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair thing. But, man, football was on. So I'm never going to choose wrestling over football. Football, right. In life. So. <laughs> That didn't happen, but I did see. Um, I did see. Uh, 
I I've seen AEW once. It was the um the pay per view they had right before Memorial Day. Okay, so you seen how live they are? Yes, it was really good. That um that tag match was the best one I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and see that's what it is. They got the best tag team wrestling. It's certain things in AEW. AEW reminds me of WCW. I was a WCW fan. I was not a WWE fan because. You know, I'm from Virginia, so below the below the Mason Dixon line, that WWE crap was never our wrestling. Our wrestling was WCW all day long. Now you above the Mason Dixon line, WWE was always your wrestling. WCW to me was more edgy. They did more moves. They had the luchadors and everything. And that's what AEW has. Like when I watch WWE, it looks safe. It don't look like it's uh, you know, it don't really look like somebody can get hurt. It looks like a really good choreographed dance. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You 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 make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I try to. Well, look, we're gonna we're gonna end it on that positive note. I really appreciate you, man, taking the time to do this. I know you only do ten appearances, so I'm honored to be one of the ten. <laughs> oh yeah, all all the time, and maybe you get a return in, in the new year, get another episode out of me. Uh, something interesting happens in between and there. Um, oh, real yeah. quick, real quick though, I would like to tell everybody you can head over to uh, wvuncommonplace.com. Check out anything if you need podcast consultant, holler at me over there. Um, if you want any merchandise, we got a square site set up. If you do the link tree on um, WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, it'll link you to everything. You can find me anywhere um, for anything. Uh, Twitch will be up and running March 15th. We are going to jump into the video game realm and we're going to do a podcast. On Twitch. I was going to ask you to plug, but you already beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, man, I really appreciate you doing this, and I wish you all the best moving forward with, with your podcast and everything else you got going. All right, thank you, sir. You have a good evening. All right. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also Conversation with Lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.